Good morning. You know, watching the video <clears throat> took me back. Um, uh, Deb and I moved to Washington, D.C. in 1985, and Memorial Day 1986, we, uh, we went downtown. We went to Arlington and, um, and were there. Didn't get to hear President Reagan at the, at the, when he gave the speech there, but just walking through Arlington and seeing the, the graves decorated was a powerful, powerful thing. Um, we are grateful for those who have gone before us. Uh, you know, Memorial Day is, uh, it hasn't always been known as Memorial Day. I, I didn't know if you knew that or not. Um, before the Civil War, um, families would get together oftentimes in the springtime to, to um, lay flowers on the graves of people who had died, of those who had gone before them, and to remember them, to remember the impact that those people who had died had made on their lives. Um, when the Civil War happened, you know, in a, in a five-year period, 600,000 Americans died. And, and that really changed everything in terms of that process because in an incredibly short period of time, husbands and fathers and sons gave their life to keep our country united. Uh, uh, incredible thing. And so right after the Civil War, like the first year after the Civil War, communities began to say, we're going to come together and to decorate the graves of those soldiers who had died. Uh, and, and so it, it kind of became known as Decoration Day. That, that was the deal. Uh, in 1871, Michigan was the first state to declare a state holiday for Decoration Day, May 30th. Uh, uh, that, was, that was in Michigan. It was 100 years later before the federal government said, okay, there's going to be a holiday on the, on the last Monday in May. And we're going to call it Memorial Day. Some of you who are my age or older may remember when it was really known as Decoration Day. That, that was what it was called and when it was always on the 30th. It didn't matter when that happened. Um, uh, Memorial Day is different um, than just an appreciation day for veterans. Um, we appreciate our veterans incredibly. Um, veterans Day is a holiday that honors all veterans. Memorial Day is really a holiday that's set aside to remember those who have given their life so that we could experience the freedom that we have, that we're the beneficiaries of their sacrifice. Um, when I was a kid, um, I remember my mom and dad uh, traveling from our house in Inglewood uh, down to Hillsboro, Ohio, and meeting with my grandma and grandpa, meeting with my aunt and uncle, and decorating the graves of my great-grandparents, uh, Perry King Rubel, uh, my great-great-grandparents. Uh, I think uh, John Rubel. My, uh, no, Perry's, Perry's dad, I think, was Andrew. Anyway, um, in, in a cemetery... Outside um, in Highland County in southwestern uh, Ohio, there are four generations that precede my grandfather. And, um, and so my mom and dad would go down and, and be all dressed up, dad in a suit and tie, mom in a dress, and they would kneel down and put flowers on the grave. They would um, oftentimes dig and plant flowers at that point. I, I, I have a strong memory of that. Our culture has changed a bunch you know, in, in uh, 50 years. Let's just say 50 years, all right? Um, it's, it's changed a lot. And there aren't very many places where a family has multiple generations 
of their family buried in the same place because that's where they grew. My, my grandfather moved all the way away from Highland County, uh, 40 miles to Columbus. You know, that was the big stretch of the family. My mom and dad then moved about 70 miles from Highland County. Um, that, w- that was the big stretch for us. We don't live in that world anymore. And there's an encouragement for us today to really think about what happens tomorrow and to remember the sacrifice that's been, that's been made for us. Uh, for it to be truly Memorial Day, not just the start of the summer, not just the barbecue season, not just the time to travel to the lake, but, but really a time to remember the price that's been paid, uh, that has been paid. I want us to look today uh, just for a little bit at a few verses that really help capture that, that help us understand from a biblical standpoint why that's important. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, uh, take them out, turn to John 15. This is Jesus talking to his closest friends. Um, it's, it's literally just hours before his arrest, uh, the night before he's going to be crucified. And in John 15, verse 9, Jesus begins this way. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in love, remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, that that concept that Jesus said to his disciples just uh, literally hours before he died. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. Jesus was going to live that out. The, the question for us today um, that, that I really want us to wrestle with is, do I really understand how much Jesus loves me? Can I know that Jesus loves me? No, Jesus isn't like someone else that we can talk to face-to-face in a tangible way. We can't reach out and touch him. You know, we can, we can sense his presence, but we, oftentimes I think it's hard to, to really understand, does Jesus really love me? How do, how do I know that? You know, uh, um, a few weeks ago I had a friend I was talking to, and, and he, said, he said, I don't get it. Why did, why did Jesus have to die? What was, the, what was that all about? Why did Jesus have to die? And um, I, I'm a little ashamed to say this at this point, but, but I gave him, I think, kind of a lame answer. I, here's what I said. I said, because God said that there had to be a sacrifice that would be paid for our sins. Because God said so. That's why Jesus had to die. And I went on to talk to him. I said, you know, if God had said that, that in order for our sins to be sacrificed, or our sins to be forgiven, we needed to jump up and down three times and spin around, then that's what we would, would have had to do. Because that's what God said. I'm convinced now, several weeks later, that that was really a lame response, particularly as I've thought about this message. Because the reality of the situation is this. Why did Jesus have to die? It's because we're in a war. There, there is a war going on for our souls, for our lives, for our eternity. Satan is trying to destroy us. He's trying to drive us away from God every bit as every bit as real as a battle that takes place on a battlefield. 
Satan is doing everything he can. He will use deception. He will use distraction. He will use pain. He will use disappointment. He'll use disease. He'll, use, uh, he'll lie. He'll flatter us. He'll make us feel foolish and stupid, all for the purpose to get us to reject God and to join him in misery. He's at war so that he can steal our hearts and drive a wedge between us and God. There's a war that's going on for our soul. We are fighting on Satan's terrain, in his minefield. As prince of the world, he has the high ground in the spiritual battle that's going on. And the only way for us to navigate that that battlefield was for Jesus to sacrifice himself for us, to come into that battlefield and die in our place. The only way for us to be freed from the prisoner of war camp was for Jesus to sacrifice his life. The only way for the war to be won was for Jesus to die. Why did Jesus have to die? Because there's a spiritual battle going on. And in the sacrifice that Jesus made, it allowed the tide to turn, the battlefield to change, for for the dynamics to, to be altered. That question, how can I know that Jesus loves me? The answer, the answer is simple. It's because he died for me. If you think in the context of a battle and a, and a war that's going on, when a soldier willingly takes a bullet for someone else, when he volunteers to go into the enemy camp and destroy it, knowing that he'll die, that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus took our sin on himself so that he could show us what love looks like. Paul, when he wrote to the church in Rome, said this, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even in the midst of our foolishness, of our depravity, of our selfishness, Jesus died for us. Since we've now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? John said it this way, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves you. He came into the enemy camp. He killed the guards. He broke the chains. He set us free. And so the question for us this morning, as we think about Memorial Day, as we think about God's love for us expressed in Jesus, his ability to free us from sin, the, the question that's there is, how do I respond? How can I follow Jesus' example? John said, um, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought also to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Jesus said it in that opening passage of Scripture from John 15. This is my command. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he lays down his life for his friend. You know, we're in this series called All In, that it, that it really is about looking at different aspects of our life and how we give it completely to God, how, how we don't try and hold on to it anymore, 
but we allow God to live through us in every aspect of our life. The challenge this morning is to be all in and to live a life of sacrifice that honors Jesus, that, that um, honors other people around us, that allows us to live a, a selfless life of sacrifice. You know, um, as we, as we kind of contemplate and think, what's involved in sacrifice? Let me, let me just throw some things at you this morning. Um, I, at its core, sacrifice is all about selflessness, right? When we sacrifice, we say, I want something bigger than myself. I want what my country wants. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to get rid of my own, um, my own interests. I'm willing to see a bigger picture than just myself. Sacrifice is all about selflessness. Um, one, one of the truths that, I've, that has really kind of captured my life, my heart in the last, I don't know, 10 years or whatever, is that the core of all sin in my life, all sin, is selfishness, right? It's because it, it's I want to do what I want to do, not what God wants to do. I want to take care of my business on my terms, And do it my way, not what God wants. The heart of all of our sin is selfishness. And so when Jesus says, lay down your life for your friends, live a life of sacrifice, he's saying live a life of selflessness. Sacrifice for us demands personal cost. It costs something. You can never say, I'm going to sacrifice here as I sit in my recliner and watch TV. Right? There's no sacrifice in that. Sacrifice involves um, getting outside of ourselves. It involves putting ourselves at risk. There's a personal cost involved. When we think in the context of Memorial Day, when we think in the context of the soldiers who have died to keep our freedom, to allow us to experience that, what was the cost? For some, it was, it was a, a, a part of their body, you know, um, blown up in a mine. For others, it was ultimately the ultimate sacrifice. They, their personal cost was their life. They didn't come home to see their husband or wife. They didn't come home to take care of their kids. They gave their life at great cost for us. Understand this, when we, when we wrestle with what God wants us to do, if there is no cost to us, there is no sacrifice. Sacrifice will always cost something Sacrifice costs obedience as well. When, when we choose to sacrifice, it's because we obey. In, in the military, um, uh, when there's sacrifice involved, it's because there has been orders that have come down. There's a, an objective, and following those orders, obedience uh, is rooted, it, it's interconnected with sacrifice completely. In, in John 15, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, as I read, he said this, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. It's all about love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Uh, I, I If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that, so that my joy may be in you, your joy may be complete. Obedience is woven into this whole idea of sacrifice. We can't, um, we can't understand what God calls us to do if we don't obey him. 
and obedience to God is an expression of our love for him. Jesus told us that. Uh, one of the things this week as I was thinking about th- this message that, that uh, I don't know if this is, this was profound to me. How's that? Uh, I, don't, I don't know how profound it is. But uh, sacrifice, it, it can happen spontaneously, but sacrifice most often happens because it's rehearsed, because it's practiced. It's, uh, there's been preparation that's put in over and over and over again so that the sacrifice can take place and be effective. That's why soldiers go to boot camp, right? That's why they don't just draft soldiers and then throw them on the front lines because that's just martyrdom. That's not sacrifice. It's, it's only in the context of re- rehearsing and practicing and living it out on a daily basis that sacrifice um, it happens in a way that, that makes sense. Any, anyone who says, you know what, I can do this on my own, I can, I can win this battle on my own, is going to end up simply a, do- a dead soldier, right? With no greater cause. It's only when we, when we do what we've practiced that that sacrifice becomes a part of a life. Sacrifice is defined by action and risk. We have to take steps. We have to get out of ourselves. We can't sit on the sidelines and think that, that we're living any kind of life for, uh, of sacrifice. So how is it that we, that we follow Jesus? How is it that we do what he said? How is it that we lay down our life for our friends? Um, not very many of us are going to have a chance or, or be challenged to take a bullet for a friend. Um, not many of us are going to be in a place where we can step into traffic and push someone away and the bus hit us instead of them. Not many of us are going to be in a position that we're in the boat and, and that we dive in to save the person who's drowning and ultimately drown ourselves. That's, that's not the most common thing for most of us. But we have an opportunity to live a life of sacrifice day by day. Um, how do we do that? I, I, w- I want to encourage you with just a, a few short things. Um, how do you live a life of sacrifice? Say yes to God when he prompts. Um, when you want to say no, and you sense that God is the one who's leading, say yes, recognizing that that will involve personal cost to you. Maybe, maybe that happens in your financial world. Maybe the, it's, the, it's the kind of thing that, that um, you recognize somebody that you know or love has a financial need. And you think, oh, man, boy, I wish I, could, I, I wish I could help them, but I really can't because if I help them, that means I can't go out to eat today or next week. Or if I help them, that means I can't buy this particular thing. If I, if I help them, I can't do this or that or whatever. If you sense God's leading you to help someone in the area of finances, understand that that will cost you something and that that's a way that you can sacrifice. Um, Say yes to God when he prompts. Uh, Maybe it's not financial. Maybe it's given of your time and energy. It's, it's fun that Hope was up here. Hope's so, so great. I, um, if you remember, she's the, she was the one on the video that we showed a, a while ago, Hope and Jason, that came to North Point because of the enchilada card at, at Easter uh, a year and a half ago. Um, you know what? In that role, Hope's, Hope's going to be looking for people 
who can invest in the lives of kids. I love her quote in scripture and talking about um, helping children come to know God, to obey him. You know what? It costs something to invest in the lives of the children here at North Point. Because what it, what it costs is, a, is part of your Sunday morning. It means that you worship one hour and that you serve another hour. That's a sacrifice for many. It's not a huge sacrifice, but it's giving up your time, your energy, and investing because the greater good matters. Um, that maybe, it's, maybe it's not serving here at church. Maybe, maybe it is opening your home to someone and inviting them to dinner. It, it occurred to me, I haven't talked about this for a while, because this, this is not normal in our culture now. Uh, you know, a, a generation or two generations ago, it was not uncommon at all to have people over to your house for dinner. That doesn't happen now, right, very much. L- let me just encourage you. That's a sacrifice for a lot of people because they think, oh, want anybody in my house they're gonna mess up my stuff they're gonna you know they're I'll have to I'll have to clean and do all that stuff maybe they won't like my cooking I, let me encourage you that if God prompts you to invite someone into your home for a meal or to stay overnight to say yes and to sacrifice your comfort for the greater good that he might have for you maybe Maybe the sacrifice in your world looks like mentoring someone at work. You know, mentoring takes time. It takes energy. It, it's painful because they don't always listen and do what you say, right? Sacrificing yourself to help someone else grow and be used by God. Maybe that's what God's calling you to do. Um, maybe, maybe it's reading with little guys at a local school. Uh, like like Maxine, and investing in the lives of others through, through ESL, teaching, teaching people who are here in the U.S. that their native language is something other than English, how they, can, how they can come to understand and learn English and use it in this place. Um, maybe, maybe the sacrifice that God is calling you to do is to hold your stuff and your toys loosely. Um, uh, one of the things that people described about Michigan to me when we moved here was that Michigan is the land of, uh, of outdoor toys, right? That there's boats and all that stuff, uh, camping gear during the summer, that there's snowmobiles and skis and all that stuff during the winter, that all year round, people have lots of toys, ATVs and uh, snowmobiles and boats and campers, all that stuff. Let me, let me encourage you, let me challenge you to think about sacrificing your stuff and allowing others to share that with you. Um, how is it that we live out a life of sacrifice? Maybe it's to be last instead of first. Maybe it's to put others ahead of yourself at work, at home, at school, trying to figure out what that looks like to honor others. Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends, thinking of others ahead of time. Maybe the challenge for you in sacrifice is to stand up for weak and powerless people, people who don't have a voice of their own, and to come alongside them and say, I may not look like them, I may not experience life in the way that they do, but I'm going I'm to stand in the gap for them because of what Jesus has done for me. Want me to get real personal? 
you want to sacrifice, start at home with your spouse. Stop worrying about your rights, your power, your control, your stuff, and think instead of your husband or your wife first. Um, I, I talk with most couples that I marry uh, uh, about the whole concept that in our culture, marriage is described as a, as a 50-50 kind of relationship. You come halfway, I'll come halfway, everything will be cool if we do that. It's got to be a 50-50 relationship. I, I, I personally believe that's a bunch of, of hooey, all right? I, I, I think it's, if your marriage is going to work, it's going to be because it's 100-100. One person gives 100% of themselves to the success of the marriage. The other person gives 100% of themselves to the marriage. They don't live that out all the time. But if you approach your marriage that way, if you're willing to sacrifice anything that you can for the good of your marriage, for the good of your spouse, you're going to live in an incredible environment of love. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you have kids. Um, my kids are all gone now, all six. But um, I remember so clearly when my guys were little and they would come in and say, Dad, can we fill in the blank? You know, can, can, can we go throw the football? Can we play a board game? Can we play Candyland again, Dad? And the issue that lands there is my, my impulse is to say, no, I'm tired. I've been working all day. I've had all this stuff, this stuff on my... I know. Let me encourage you, if you've got little guys, to ask yourself, is there a compelling reason why I can't say yes to the request of my kids? Because our default is to say no. You know, Dad, can I stay overnight at Billy's house? No. Dad, can I go to the... Mo-? No. Dad, can I go... No. Right? That's, that's just kind of... Because we know that it will involve inconvenience for us. We'll have to drive. We'll have to go pick up. We'll have to get them all ready. It's going gonna, it's gonna... to... Let me encourage you as you think about living a life of sacrifice to practice that, to rehearse it at home in the lives of your, of your spouse and your kids. You know, the, the whole concept in Memorial Day, the, the whole concept of sacrifice that we celebrate is about love of country. It's about recognizing that when you're in battle, the stake of your nation is, is what's at hand. Um, you have to know what it is that you value, what, why it is that you're fighting. I read this week a, an art, article by John Kirby from CNN. He's their national security analyst. And he was writing about an interview that he did in 2013 with, with a private Charlie Neese uh, who was a World War II veteran. Neese died in 2013, but... But uh, Kirby was writing about his interview with him just a few months before he died. And he said, here was a man, a, a, a dying man, whose proudest achievement in life, he told me, was the life he and his gorgeous young nurse wife gave their kids. He had helped set Italy free. He had helped free the world of Nazi tyranny. But the biggest legacy he believed he was leaving behind was his children. There's a lesson there, I reckon, Kirby writes, Perhaps we ought not to strive for, the li- for lives of success, but rather lives of value. And it has to start with what you actually do value. What, it is, what is it that you value? Maybe it's loyalty and honor and duty and freedom. Those are all good things. And that's what we celebrate with Memorial Day. 
but your relationship with Jesus is the one thing that will last into eternity. It's the one thing that matters. To trade anything for your relationship with Jesus, anything at all for your relationship with Jesus is a, is a horrible trade. It's one that you will regret eternally. It's taking something of immense value and trading it for something of little or no value. Why are soldiers willing to give their lives in battle? It's not simply because they're ordered to do so. It's because they understand what's at stake. Because they understand that they're with their, their fellow soldiers. They see the future and they want their children and their grandchildren to experience the freedom and the blessings that we currently have and more. Here's the challenge. Here's the, here's the final challenge in terms of today. Make, let this Memorial Day be a challenge for you to make your life worth remembering. You know, when I, when I look back at my, my dad, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents, the, all, the, all the greats that go back to the, um, for me, that, I, that I'm aware of, back to the Revolutionary War, what is it that makes their lives worth remembering? That's the question that I've got to ask about me. Where am I going to invest myself? Understand that you're going to make sacrifices in life no matter what. You will make sacrifices in life no matter what. Just, the challenge is to just make sure that they're for the right things. If you, will, if you value money, you will sacrifice your family for it. If you value power, you will sacrifice your integrity for it. If you value pleasure, you will sacrifice the impact that you might be able to make with your life. If you value self-control, you'll sacrifice immediate gratification. If you value the eternal, you'll sacrifice the temporal. If you value holiness, you will sacrifice the profane. Jesus said, greater love has no, no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. This Memorial Day, we celebrate soldiers who have laid down their lives for us so that we could experience peace, freedom, and prosperity that we have today. In 1982, a movie was made that captured this concept of sacrifice in a powerful way. The movie was a second in a series that featured the original characters from Star Trek. William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, those guys. Uh, you know, that, a long time ago. And in that movie, The Wrath of Khan, there's this scene where the Enterprise is, is, uh, is dead in the water. They've got no warp drive. And the universe is going to explode. And Spock has the opportunity to go in and to fix the ship. Um, recognizing that if he does so, he is going to be poisoned by radiation. Take a look up on screen at that scene. Yes. Don't grieve him, Admiral. 
is logical. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Bruce. Yeah, I, I was thinking it was the movie. Mel, I thought, ooh, there's more coming. <laughs> Keep playing, Bruce. Thanks. Needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. That has been a mantra in our household for 37 years since we saw that movie. That's, that's what the, the way the writers put it. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than he lays down his life for his friend. To live a life of sacrifice demands that we live that out in the little things before we ever get to the big things. To when we practice it in the moment by moment of, of each and every day, that we prepare for the opportunity that God may give us sometime to, to to give the ultimate sacrifice. May we live out that life of sacrifice this Memorial Day weekend and each day forward that God's kingdom might go forward. Let's stand together. Let's sing.